0: A few weeks ago, I was talking with a friend on the phone, and as we were conversing, we began discussing her husband's interesting behavior. See, she had gotten distracted from our conversation because he was busy wrestling a 20-pound bag of Tidy Cat into his backpack. As she watched him struggle with this and described it to me, which was quite fun, we debated what possible reason he could have for doing this. Was he testing the size and strength of the backpack? Was he planning to kidnap the cat to his office for an extended period of time? Finally, exasperated with the running commentary from his wife, he explained that he was simply going out to exercise and he needed the extra weight, and that with the backpack zipped, only his wife and I would really know what he was carrying. How often do we find ourselves in this exact position? How often are we carrying around something unsightly or embarrassing or painful, hidden under, hidden away under the guise of normal, zipped up so nobody else knows, but it's still there, weighing us down, How often do we pack away the hurt of being in a relationship that just doesn't seem to be working? Or the confusion of feeling alone or abandoned? How many lost dreams do we shove to the bottom of our bags, convincing even ourselves that they don't exist? Or perhaps how many times do we close away our grief, pretending that we have recovered from a loss because it's been long enough? even when we haven't. In our scripture readings today, we heard the stories of two grieving widows who lost their only sons. In our gospel lesson, Jesus and his disciples were headed to a small town that isn't really known for anything, and they were stopped by funeral traffic. The disciples may have been wondering how long would it take to get back on the road, How long would this delay their schedule? All of those things you think about when you're stuck in traffic. Maybe they began pushing their way through when Jesus stops. Possibly not too happy with this further delay, I can almost picture the disciples trying to urge Jesus along so that they can make it to their destination before it gets too late. And then Jesus speaks. Do not weep. Okay, Jesus, who are you talking to? Funerals happen all the time. We got to get going. Do not weep, he says. Here we have a woman, known only to us by her position as mother and widow, who has lost her son. And in those days, since she was already a widow, this would have been her last support. Alone, she would have been impoverished and had to rely solely on the support of the rest of society. What sort of burdens was she carrying on the road? Loneliness, grief, fear. Jesus saw all that she carried. Do not weep. A wisp of hope for her to rest her burdens on. A command out of the blue, out of the confusion of the crowd, speaking directly to her heart. Why not weep? She just lost her only son, she has no support. Of all the people in this funeral procession, she has every reason to cry. But Jesus does not merely offer words of encouragement, a meaningless platitude. He takes away her reason for weeping. Jesus raises her son from the dead, giving her back what she had lost, restoring her sense of balance in the world, easing that burden of fear from her shoulders. God in Jesus knew what she was carrying and knew better than those around her could ever imagine. It would have been well known, of course, to the crowd that she was not headed for a life of luxury after this, and presumably they were mourning as well, but only Christ could really know what she was carrying with her and how exactly it was weighing on her heart. From the moment the waters of baptism touch our heads, God knows us, knows what lifts us up and what tears us down, knows the difficulties we carry in our hearts, the burdens we haul on our backs, knows what rainstorms have drenched us, adding more weight than we ever thought we would have to carry. God knows. God sees us walking down the street in a crowd of people and knows exactly what inner turmoil we each bear and what each forward step means. And yet I cannot help but wonder about the other widows on that day. What about the mothers whose sons stayed dead? What about the funeral processions Jesus didn't run into? What about the burdens left unease? What does the story of the widow of Nain mean for them? What does it mean for us? It could be easy to read it and say, well, whoops, we missed it. Jesus isn't exactly walking around these days. just going to have to deal with life on our own but that's not the gospel. The world would like to tell us that. The world would like to tell us again and again that we got to carry everything on our own, take a deep breath, get stronger. But this story from our gospel is a reminder and a hope for the future, a foretaste of the cross when a different sun will die and rise. It's a promise that God does indeed see into our hearts God hears our silent cries and knows our deepest pains. And here in this place, we have the opportunity to bring all that we have, all that we are, all that we carry to the table, to the one who already knows. Maybe what you're carrying today isn't so heavy as grief or pain. Maybe it's simply a lingering discomfort, a sense that the world is not as it should be. Maybe you don't know what to do about it. Maybe it's not even so heavy as that, but a complacency with the way things are, a resistance to rocking the boat, even when that means allowing others to carry more. And I think today about how often it is that what we carry around is fear. I suspect that it's at the root of more stress than we realize or are willing to admit. Fear of many different things. As I mentioned before, the service began at my stole today is Orange, joining with clergy across the United States for Wear Orange Sunday to raise awareness about gun violence. This past Thursday was National Gun Violence Awareness Day, and so many who wore orange that Sunday, many clergy are wearing uh, that Thursday, many clergy are wearing orange today. In today's world, though, I doubt that gun violence is something we need more awareness of. I doubt that there is anybody who is not already aware that gun violence exists. But one of the aspects of fear is that it makes it so destructive is that it isolates us from each other. Fear keeps us from trusting each other. It's exhausting. It pulls us away from community. Think of the widows in our readings today. Their grief was obvious, but their fears may have been more hidden though God saw and knew. Think of those who have experienced gun violence firsthand, whose lives have been touched by the grief, who have been touched by the fear, who know how isolating that can be. So what good is raising awareness if everybody already knows? Well, to that I say thank God for the church and the fact that what we can do together is stronger than what we can do on our own. Jesus stopped outside of the village of Nain to comfort a widow. In our first reading, we heard of Elijah comforting and raising the son of another widow. Any day, a widow of Baltimore may stop by these very doors. Any day, a different kind of burden bearer may see your church and seek solace, seek comfort, seek a place where it is safe to name our pain, name what it is that hurts us, and trust in the one who brings us together to hear us and to love us, no matter what our fears may be. And so this is what we are called to do. Jesus stopped on the streets. Would you stop on your commute to comfort another person, to ease the weight of their journey, even in what may seem only a small way? Our God is not a God who hides in fear of the world. Our God was made human to live right alongside us in our messy, pain, fear-inducing human lives. God doesn't sit back and hear about the universe through phone calls or watching things on the internet. God doesn't just watch the news. God is the news. God is present, loving, mourning, hoping, forgiving in all the places where all the things happen God is where secrets hide and where tears are born and where hugs begin. God is there full of grace where grief is masked, where Tidy Cat is hidden in backpacks. It turns out that my friend's husband is getting ready for a backpacking trip this summer with his brother and he needed the extra weight not just to become stronger but to train for this specific trip to make him stronger and make him better able to help others. We don't ask to haul around incredible loads that make travel through this life difficult. But we have them because we are human and humans will always hurt and be hurt. We have these loads and we hide them because society tells us not to admit that we are not as strong as we think. But we don't have to. We don't have to handle things on our own. We have each other. We have the church and more we have our God who walks with us when we bear our burdens and don't give up, when we move from awareness to support, and when we move from support to action and advocacy, we can remember God's promise of hope and comfort, and we can know that we become stronger as individuals and as community. And when we gather at this table, we eat the bread of forgiveness and the wine of compassion and are strengthened for each week ahead. No matter what happened in the week before, and if we felt like we did anything well at all. Because God knows exactly what we carry and exactly what we need. God knows, God hears, and God does indeed raise up each and every one of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.